hello tour guide tell all fans uh, welcome back to a mini episode i am one of your hosts rebecca fackner and i am here to talk about we're doing a sort of october that's filled with scandal and ghostly things and sort of spookiness uh, to sort of suit the season so i'm here for a mini episode and the story i'm gonna tell you isn't spooky but it is scandalous and it takes place in October, or part of it anyway, takes place in October. So we thought it might be uh, appropriate. So anyway, buckle up and we're going to hear about something called the Argentine firecracker, which is just as much fun as you think it's going to be. So to get us started, I'm going to drop us into history. Sunday, October 9th, 1974. That is the date we're starting with. Normally, we don't make a big deal about dates on this pod because history is really interesting and very little of it actually has to do with memorizing dates. But on this particular occasion, emphasizing the date is important. And here's why. If you live in the Washington, D.C. area, October of an even-numbered year, 1974, means one thing in Washington, D.C. It means that we are less than a month out from an election. Every even-numbered year, it happens like clockwork. It's really amazing. So October is the month when there are very few people in Washington of a congressional nature. They are all running for re-election. The Senate is usually out of session because a third of them are running for re-election. Now, 74 was not a presidential year, but it is the first election after the Watergate scandal. Richard Nixon has just resigned as president two months prior in August. Uh, and so this is the first time the voters have been able to voice their concerns about the Watergate scandal and about what's going on generally. And it is predicted to be a democratic wave year. So that's the sort of setup to where we are. Now, October 9th is a Sunday, about two o'clock that Sunday morning. So very, very early. You might even say late Saturday night. The police, park police around the Jefferson Memorial see a Lincoln town car uh, swerving without its lights on. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Washington, I'm going to set that scene a little for you. The Jefferson Memorial is on something that we call the Tidal Basin. It is a very lovely area. It is basically a enclosed basin which is filled with water from the Potomac River. It is uh, at high tide the water from the river flows into the tidal basin and sort of overflows the tidal basin but there's water in the tidal basin all of the time and it's a it's largely a tourist area. The Jefferson Memorial in those days is the only one out there. Today Jefferson has been joined by the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial and the Franklin Delano Roosevelt Memorial but in 1974 Jefferson is out there all by his lonesome. It's sort of a deserted area, particularly at this time of night. Uh, really, the only people who go down there on a regular basis are going to be tourists, and they're obviously asleep, as is most of the rest of the world, at two in the morning. So it's a very deserted stretch of road. The park police notice this Lincoln Town car swerving in a manner that suggests that the driver might have been intoxicated. 
And the car, the town car does not have its lights on, which is also really bad. And so they pull over the town car. Out of the town car pour five individuals, two men and three women. One of the women in evening dress immediately takes off running towards the tidal basin and jumps into the water. They fish her out. She tries it again. They finally are going to handcuff her to prevent her from going, trying to go in a third time into the tidal basin. And it's a kind of a motley crew. You've got three women in evening dress, one gentleman, all five of them look a little worse for the wear. And then someone recognizes one of the gentlemen. One of the men, and in fact, it's his car, is Congressman Wilbur Mills. So first of all, Congressman, this is not great. Congressman is in the company of three attractive, intoxicated women in evening dress. Wilbur Mills is a name that's largely forgotten today, but he's really powerful. Wilbur Mills is 65 years old. He's been in Congress for 36 years. That's 18 terms. So he's an 18-term congressman, which means, if you do the math, he's been serving in Congress literally since the 1930s. He's been a congressman since he was 29 years old. And for the past decade and a half, he has been the chairman of something called the Ways and Means Committee. Ways and Means Committee is one of the most powerful committees in Congress. Anything to do with the budget, any fiscal matters go through Ways and Means. So the chairman has extraordinary power. In fact, Wilbur Mills is considered to be one of the most powerful men in Washington because, again, he controls the purse. There were rumors of him as a candidate for president in 1972. Uh, And even when that doesn't work out, the man who does eventually run on the Democratic ticket, George McGovern, had talked about putting Wilbur Mills in a cabinet post as Secretary of the Treasury. So Wilbur Mills is a pretty powerful guy. He is called, and I love this, Lyndon Johnson in miniature, partly because he's so short. He's a Democrat. He has opposition in the upcoming election, but he is supposed to coast to victory. However, he has just been pulled over in the company of three women, none of whom were his wife, at two o'clock on a Sunday morning. And suddenly... There's a little bit of a scandal surrounding Wilbur Mills. And normally, particularly today in 2020, we think of congressmen and we think scandal and eh, it's not that big of a deal. But back then, it wasn't that big of a deal either. But Wilbur Mills was above reproach. Wilbur Mills was a very straight-laced guy. He was very good at his job. If he burned the midnight oil at all, it was not cavorting with other women. It was reading tax code and legislation. He was devoted to his job. He and his wife, Polly, his childhood sweetheart, had rented the same one-bedroom apartment in Washington since he became a congressman. He's above reproach. And so for him suddenly at the age of 65 to be caught in what looks like something very untoward is a little bit shocking. Now, I should also mention the woman who has jumped into the tidal basin, she also gets recognized somewhat quickly. Her name, as it turns out, is Mrs. Annabella Battistella. She's also known as Fanny Fox. And she's also known as the Argentine Firecracker. 
38-year-old Annabella Battistella, or Fanny Fox, is an exotic dancer. So this just got a whole lot more interesting. The chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, one of the most powerful men in Washington, has just been caught in the company of a stripper half his age. And even at that, Wilbur Mills might have escaped this scandal. It is possible. Things seem to blow over. In 1974, we are just on the edge of the Watergate scandal. Americans just can't handle too many things going on. And Wilbur Mills' sort of press agent just kind of brushes over this entire scandal. It's not a huge deal. He insists that him and Mrs. Battistella have been friends for a while. She and her friends were out for a night on the town, became too drunk to drive. And so the honorable gentleman that he was, he had picked up Fanny Fox and her friends and was driving them home. Which If you know anything about Washington geography, the idea that he's driving her home from the club that she performs at is on U Street. The idea that he's driving her home past the Jefferson Memorial is basically like you're going somewhere by way of the moon. There's nowhere near the Jefferson Memorial that he should be going to or coming from. It's completely out of the way. So his story doesn't quite hold up and reporters are very eager to give Mills the benefit of the doubt at first. Again, he is above reproach. He's a good guy. But there's one reporter who kind of, you know, keeps scratching his head and thinks to himself, well, something's not really right here you know it just doesn't smell right and he kind of keeps after it but you know there's an election too many other things going on and he kind of drops the ball and that might have been the end of that story except for a couple things Wilbur Mills wins re-election about a month later he is very soundly by almost 60%. He very soundly is reelected in 1974. And had he stayed away from Fanny Fox and alcohol, that might have been the end of the story. But apparently Congressman Mills had fallen in love. Uh, This wasn't just a one-off thing. So he continues to be seen in her presence. And again, she's a younger woman who's not his wife. This is very bad. And after winning re-election, he follows her to Boston for a professional engagement of hers. So basically, this congressman, having just won re-election, goes to Boston with his stripper girlfriend and watches her perform. And if that's not bad enough, he's apparently been drinking And she calls him on stage at the end of her performance. She calls out, Mr. Mills, Mr. Mills, are you there? And he apparently has been waiting in the wings off stage. He strides on stage. And then in full view of everyone, Fanny Fox kisses Congressman Mills on stage. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have what's called a scandal. But Mills doesn't stop there. He's then fortified by all this alcohol. He's then going to hold a press conference backstage with his stripper girlfriend in the presence of her husband, because, of course, she's married too, in the dressing room that she was using at the theater in Boston. So to recap, we have a powerful congressman, his stripper girlfriend, 
She has just finished performing her exotic dance. And her congressman boyfriend is holding a press conference in her dressing room in the company of her husband and the members of the press. They are photographed together. Mills is obviously intoxicated. And Fanny Fox, in the pictures that exist, she's smiling, but you can kind of tell that she's a little bit apprehensive about what's going on here. And... This is when the scandal breaks wide open. Wilbur Mills is clearly, something has clearly gone off the rails. He is immediately going to resign his chairmanship of the Ways and Means Committee. He does not resign his seat. And in fact, he does that very famous politician thing uh, where he gives a press conference, explains that he has done wrong, begs for forgiveness with his long-suffering wife, Polly, by his side, looking demure and every inch the politician's wife. So you've all seen a press conference of this nature. The politician has sinned uh, and his wife is standing stoically, forgivingly by his side, begging the country to forgive her wayward husband. Wilbur Mills is going to, he resigns his committee ship or chairmanship of the committee and then checks himself into an Alcoholics Anonymous program. He also declines to seek uh, re-election for a 19th term when his term is up in 1976. So he does not run for re-election and this ends his congressional career. Wilbur Mills does kind of end up okay though. He goes through treatment, never drinks again. Him and Fanny Fox part ways and he spends the rest of his life dedicated to causes uh, relating to addiction. So he becomes an important spokesman for addiction-related issues, and him and his wife Polly do remain married up until his death in the 90s. Uh, When he dies, he's buried in his hometown of Kennesset, Arkansas, population about 900. Fanny Fox, though, this is the making of Fanny Fox. It's the end of Wilbur Mills's career, but the making of Fanny Fox. She, at 38 years old, was kind of on the sunset of her career, but finds herself, because of this scandal, in a bit of a renaissance. Uh, she renames herself. No longer the Argentine firecracker, she is going to almost immediately debut a new act, which she is going to call, of course, the Tidal Basin Bombshell. Because of this, uh, she is going to be very much in demand. Uh, She writes a memoir about her affair with the congressman, very salacious, and she kind of milks this scandal for everything she's got. She will retire a few years later. She moves back to Argentina. She actually is still alive. She's in her uh, late 80s at this point. So she is the only person in this story to be still alive. She later is going to claim, of course, that Congressman Mills knew she was writing a book, but she claims that he was fine with her writing tell all. It's probably doubtful that he was, but she is going to move back to Argentina and is very seldom seen or heard from again. Uh, But that is the story of how a stripper brought down one of the most powerful men in Washington, D.C. And it's a good election story for everybody. Uh, Watch where you're going at two o'clock on a Sunday morning. It's not usually going to be anywhere good. 
So that's Wilbur Mills. That's the Argentine firecracker. And thank you guys for coming along on a little bit of a journey through some DC scandals. We are enjoying this month of scandal and spooky stories. Uh, We're going to have some more coming for you, including some spies. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some deaths in the Capitol and a cemetery. So we got a bunch of good stuff coming for you. Please feel free to interact with us if you like the story or you don't, or you want to propose other topics we should delve into. Uh, You can interact with us on all our social media platforms. You can email us tourguidetellall at gmail.com. We are also tourguidetellall on Facebook and Instagram and at tourguidetell on the Twitter machine. We have a, uh, for people who want to support the podcast and support your friendly neighborhood tour guides, we have a Patreon page. We also have um, a store. You can buy some merch. Uh, We have some very clever quotes and great images on t-shirts and on bags and things and it's really exciting. So please support the pod. Definitely subscribe and rate us on whatever podcast app you use. It really does help. Uh, Thanks so much for coming along and enjoy this beautiful October. It's the best month of the year and we'll be coming at you pretty soon with more scandal and stories from Washington. Tour Guide Tell All is researched, recorded, edited, and mixed by Becca Grawl, Rebecca Fackner, Dan King, and Candon Arseniega. All tour guides with free tours by foot in Washington, D.C. Help support us and get some special perks by becoming a patron. And if you don't want to sign up for our monthly commitment, you can also send us a virtual tip on Venmo at Tour Guide Tell All or get some Tour Guide Tell All swag from the merch store, all linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next week.